0: This program is made possible by the giving of the God-Called Partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
1: This is Rick Renner. Today, I'm at the Pushkin Museum of Fine Arts, downtown Moscow. And look at this magnificent pulpit. It's a 13th century pulpit from a German cathedral. And in the very center, we see Christ exalted. And around him are the emblems or the symbols of the four apostolic gospel writers. And these are very typical signs of those particular four apostles. But what are the other signs? of real apostolic ministry. Can we really know when an apostle shows up? Well, the answer is yes. And when you read Revelation chapter two, verse two, Jesus commended the church at Ephesus because they tried them, which said they were apostles and were not. That word tried, is a form of the Greek word dokimazo, which means they really put them through a test to see whether or not they were apostles, which means they had to develop a criteria to determine who was and who was not. And of course, the church of Ephesus was established by the apostle Paul, so they had a lot of experience with genuine apostolic ministry. And it was there in Ephesus that they developed a criteria to determine who was and who was not and Jesus commended them for this wow and we need to know what are the authenticating signs of an apostle today many are claiming to be apostles some are some are not how do we know the bible gives us the signs that prove a person really is a christ-sent apostle and that is what i'm going to be talking to you about today but first I want you to watch this.
2: If we believe the internet and the many posts on social media, we could conclude that apostles and prophets exist in large numbers on the earth today. But how do we know if their claims are true? How do we know if someone really is an apostle or prophet? In Rick Renner's foundational new book, Apostles and Prophets, Rick reveals how these responsibilities in the church must operate and teaches you how to clearly identify correct and false teaching.
1: I wrote this book so we can understand biblically what the Bible says about the role of apostles and prophets and how they are to function in the last day's church. And by knowing what the Bible really says, we can avoid deception. And my prayer is that this book will strengthen your faith and the faith of your
2: family. When you call or go online today and get apostles and prophets, you'll learn how this essential teaching has been overlooked in the modern church. AND WHY IT'S IMPORTANT FOR EVERY BELIEVER TO UNDERSTAND THE BIBLE'S DEFINITION OF THESE ROLES. AND NOW, FOR THIS LIMITED TIME, YOU CAN GET IT FOR JUST $30. THROUGH ITS DETAILED INFORMATION AND ILLUSTRATION, APOSTLES AND PROPHETS ALLOWS YOU TO EXPLORE AND IMAGINE WHAT IT WAS LIKE IN THE EARLY CHURCH AND HOW EARLY CHURCH LEADERS OPERATED WITHIN THESE MINISTRY GIFTS AND WILL MAKE THIS BOOK A TREASURE FOR YOU AND YOUR FAMILY FOR YEARS TO COME. Call now to get Apostles and Prophets for just $30 or go to renner.org. Great as a gift or for your own Bible study. Don't miss this special offer. My friend,
1: I really want you to get a copy of Apostles and Prophets. Look at this book. You know, it's kind of funny because when I began to write this book, I really said to my wife, I think this will be a rather small book. Well, look at it. It's more than 750 pages. When I dove into this subject, which is very dear to my heart personally, I found so much material historically, biblically, intellectually, scripturally. There's just so much about apostles and prophets. And as I begin to dive into this subject, it just began to open and open and open to me. And what I thought would be a small book morphed into a 750 page book. And in the middle of this, there's a full color section full of illustrations to really help you see what's being discussed in the book. Please order this, Apostles and Prophets, Their Roles in the Past, the Present, and the Last Days. And right now, we're also offering you the series by the same title. It's 15 parts. It's based on these programs. Order this. This will be a great gift to give to anybody who loves the Bible. They need to know what the Bible says about apostles and prophets and their roles in the past, the present, and the last day's church. And it comes with a wonderful study guide. And please, when you reach out to us by going online or by giving us a call, also let us know how to pray for you. Jeremiah 33:3 says... Call unto me, I will answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you've never seen before. And if you'll reach out to us, we'll pray with you in faith. God will hear us He will answer us and God will do things for you beyond your wildest imagination. Believe me when I tell you that our partner care ministry is a place where miracles occur. And if you will reach out to us, we believe the miraculous power of God will be released in your life. So let us know how to pray by calling us or by sending us an email. But today, we're going to see What are the authenticating signs that a person is really a genuine apostle? A lot of people today are claiming to be apostles. And when you come to the time of the New Testament, you find that a lot of people claim to be apostles that were not. Some of them were claiming to do it sincerely. They were just wrong. Some were very insincere because they believed if they could claim to be an apostle, it would give them leverage over other people. And particularly when we look at the words of Jesus in Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, he commended the church of Ephesus for developing a criteria to determine who is and isn't an apostle. They were being inundated with people showing up saying, Hey, we're an apostle. And they decided to develop this criteria to determine who was and who wasn't. And today I'm going to be teaching directly from my book, which I really want you to get. The church of Ephesus was born in the power of God and in true apostolic ministry. They were noted for the relationship with Paul and with other apostles. And because of their close relationship to Paul and to other apostles, they were very familiar with the signs that were indicative that a person was a genuine apostle. And for that reason, they were able to develop a test or a criteria to determine the veracity of people who claimed to be apostles. It was not a difficult task for them because they really knew bona fide Apostles. But we know from Jesus' words in Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, that many of the individuals who came to Ephesus and claimed to be apostles failed the test. And Revelation 2, verse 2, Jesus said, I know thy works on thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them that are evil, and thou hast tried them which say. By the way, in Greek the word say means those which allege or those who project themselves to be apostles and are not, and has found them liars. And the word found in Revelation 2-2 is very important because it depicts how the spiritual leadership in Ephesus felt when they exposed a false apostle who had masterfully masqueraded as though he was a real one. And because of the church's leading role in Asia, they understood they had a great, accountability to God regarding the endorsement of ministers and particularly those who claim to be apostles. And they knew if they got it wrong in this matter, their error in judgment would not only affect them, but all the other churches in the region. So the spiritual leaders in Ephesus made it a priority to carefully test people before they laid their hands on them and Endorse them. And by the way, we would do a lot better today if we would know people better before we laid our hands on them and endorse them. But the word found in Revelation chapter 2, verse 2 suggests, strongly suggests, that the leadership in Ephesus refused to be swayed by the outward appearance of a person claiming to be an apostle, even if he looked right, sounded right, and acted right. If these leaders inwardly sensed something was amiss, they put everything on pause and they persistently searched and continued to stoke the flames of questioning higher and higher until finally they found out whether or not this person really was a bona fide apostle or not. And the issue of apostleship, please listen to this. The issue of apostleship was so extremely important in the early church that they tried those who claimed to be apostles because they believed apostolic ministry was important and its role in the church needed to be protected and honored. And they didn't want apostles and apostolic ministry to be tarnished by those that were false apostles. So they developed a criteria to determine who was and who wasn't, an apostle. And isn't it amazing that they never questioned that there could be apostles beyond the original 12. They knew this was a gift which Christ had given to the church. But when you read the apostle Paul's writings, who is perhaps the most legendary apostle of all, he himself provided six biblical proofs of apostleship. And beginning today, we're going to begin to look at those six biblical proofs of apostleship. Are you ready? Let's begin with proof number one. An apostle is marked by a supernatural vision of Jesus. Let me say it again. Proof number one, an apostle is marked by a supernatural vision of Jesus. And actually it was the apostle Peter who first gave us this first criteria. For example, after Judas Iscariot committed suicide, the remaining apostles took serious steps to carefully pick someone to replace him. And it was Peter who said the first criteria to be a replacement among the original foundational apostles was that it had to be a person who had personally seen Jesus and had been a witness of his resurrection. But Paul took it even a step further, describing his own proof of apostleship. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1, this is what Paul said. Am I not an apostle? Paul's defending his apostleship. He said, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Listen to those words. Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? So it's logical for us to ask. If Paul himself wrote that seeing the Lord was a criteria "'For being an apostle, when did Paul see the Lord?' Well, let's just conjecture a little. It's very possible that he had physically seen Jesus during one of the times that Jesus was in the city of Jerusalem because Paul and Jesus were about the same age, and Paul was in Jerusalem at that time. There's no proof of that, but it is extremely possible that Paul had seen Jesus.'" but that's not what the apostle Paul was referring to. Paul had personally witnessed Jesus multiple times beginning on the road to Damascus when he saw the risen Christ at the moment of his conversion. The first of his dramatic visions of Jesus occurred in Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 6 at the moment when he called Jesus Lord, but Other visions followed when Jesus appeared to him over and over again. And we know from Jesus' own words to Paul in Acts chapter 26, verse 16, that Jesus said, Jesus said he would be repeatedly appearing to Paul in visions. So, on the basis of that, we can confidently say that through multiple visions, Paul had seen the risen Lord. And in these visions, Jesus gave to the Apostle Paul direct and personal revelation of the gospel. And Paul believed these visions of Jesus qualified him to pass the first criterion for being a true apostle, which is to have personally seen the risen Christ. But in addition to having these supernatural visions, we know that Paul had a clear apostolic vision of the church, which is the body of Christ. And this perhaps also qualified him as having seen the Lord. One thing is sure. And I'm going to read you directly from my notes. For an apostle to do his apostolic work, he must have a clear understanding and vision of Christ and his lordship and headship in the church. All apostolic work is built around this vision. An apostle has to have a clear-cut vision of the church. And today, there are people called to do apostolic work who have never had a literal vision of Jesus himself, but they have had and they have a burning vision of Christ in His church that compels them to do what they do. And this can qualify them to be an apostle. But this was number one as a part of the apostolic criteria to determine whether or not a person was a genuine apostle. They've either seen the risen Christ or they've had a vision of Christ in the church. And it's very sure that in the first century, When somebody showed up and claimed to be an apostle, the early church leaders would have first of all said, have you seen the risen Christ? And do you have a vision of Christ in the church? That is criterion number one. But let's go to the second biblical proof. Proof number two, a real apostle is marked with supernaturally proven fruit. He has to have Proven fruit. You say, well, what kind of fruit? Well, look look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. He said, am I not an apostle? Again, he's defending his apostleship. Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? And then he adds, are not ye my work in the Lord? And Paul here was speaking to the church of Corinth. He wasn't speaking to them personally, he was speaking to them corporately as a church. And Paul here adds, the churches that he had started were proof that he was a bona fide apostle. And in the New Testament, the word apostle is never used except except to describe those who start churches or lead churches. So Paul made it absolutely clear that if a person has not started churches, plural, if he's not started churches, plural, he simply does not qualify to be called an apostle, period, end of the story. That person may be tremendously gifted. He may have biblical insight. He may be a pioneer. He may be an innovator, a real groundbreaker, But if he has not started churches, plural, he is not scripturally qualified to be called an apostle. That is not my opinion. That is what the Bible says. And this is very important for us to understand because today there is so much confusion about apostles. Apostles are sent to lay the foundation of the church where it has not existed before. So, if a person has no record of ever starting churches, plural, or leading churches, he categorically is not an apostle. It may be true that he's blessed with supernatural activity, divine revelation, he's done a wonderful things, but the fact is, if he has not plural started churches, he does not qualify to be an apostle. So, As part of their scriptural criteria to determine whether or not a person was an apostle, the early church leadership would have asked, does the individual standing before us who claims to be an apostle have a proven track record and fruit of churches that he has started and leads? Any person who is a genuine Christ-given apostle must, must have the proof Of churches that he has started and leads. But then we come to the third evidence that a person is an apostle. Proof number three an apostle is marked with supernatural patience. Now this is amazing because most people would not think that patience is a supernatural sign of apostleship, but actually Paul lists it as the very first sign in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12 where he says, "Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds." And in this verse, the apostle Paul lists patience as one of the most important signs of apostleship. And anyone who does apostolic ministry understands why that is such an important proof. And let me tell you, being able to do the will of God and to stay in the will of God in the face of hell is just as significant as signs and wonders and mighty deeds. In fact, maybe even more important, and that is why Paul lists it in his list as number one in the proof of apostleship. But Paul in this verse says, truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you. Paul was saying that if a real apostle is in your midst, these will mark him. These will be evidence that he is an apostle. And in fact, at the very beginning of 2 Corinthians 12, 12, he says, truly, and the word truly means of a certainty, emphatically, indeed, of a certainty. These signs will always mark a real apostle. And he lists patience as the very first authenticating marker to alert us that somebody is really a bona fide apostle. Why does he list patience? To list patience, as a supernatural sign, reading directly from my book, may seem strange at first, but anyone who understands apostolic ministry knows that genuine apostolic ministry often takes place in difficult and uncomfortable conditions. For sure, it is real frontline ministry. It is a spiritual military expedition to push into new territory, to fight against the powers of darkness, and then to bulldoze demonic opposition out of the way so the foundation of the church can be established where it never existed before. And if there was ever a virtue that an apostle needs, it is this divine element which Paul calls patience. And in Greek, it is the word hupomenei. From the word hupo, a preposition which means to be under, as to be under something very heavy. And the word meno, which depicts a determination that this is my spot, I'm not budging, I'm not flinching, I'm not moving. But when you compound the two words together, it forms the word mene here, translated as the word patience. And here's what it really means. It means to stay or to abide to remain in one spot regardless of how heavy or hard the situation becomes, to keep a position, to resolve to maintain territory that has been gained. And in a military sense, it pictures soldiers who are ordered to maintain their positions even in the face of opposition. It defies one that defiantly sticks it out regardless of pressures mounted against it. It can also describe Be described as staying power, hanging their power, the attitude that holds out, holds on, outlasts, perseveres, hangs in there, never giving up, refusing to surrender to obstacles, and turning down every opportunity to quit. Or it is the picture of one that is under a heavy load but refuses to bend, break, or surrender because he is convinced. That the territory promise or principle under assault rightly belongs to him. And it means, according to Paul, that if a person is a bona fide, genuine apostle, he will have power to stay put and not be moved when all hell comes against him. And this is so supernatural. Paul marks it as one of the criteria that a person is really an apostle. So if somebody runs every time there's a problem, that's not an apostle. An apostle has the divine ability to stay put even in the face of opposition. But hey, we're just getting started on the authenticating signs that a person is a genuine apostle, and we're going to pick up here again tomorrow This is really good. But I'll be back in just a moment, and
0: I'm going to pray for you. These days, a lot of people are being called apostles or prophets. But are real apostles and prophets still alive, well, and operating in the body of Christ today? In this much-needed, powerful series, Apostles and Prophets, Rick Renner covers what an apostle is and what an apostle is not. What are the signs of a true apostle? Why would anyone claim to be an apostle if he wasn't an apostle? What does the word prophet really mean? What do we know about how real prophets do and do not operate? What about False Prophets? This 15-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24. And right now, we urge you to get Rick's new book, Apostles and Prophets, Their Roles in the Past, the Present, and the Last Days, with over 700 pages of information to help fortify a solid foundation underneath your life for the special introductory price of $30. Joseph Z, founder of Z Ministries and best-selling author, says, Armed with his Bible, historical examples, and decades of tenure, experience, Rick has produced a scholarly masterpiece that will right-size the mania, purge the dysfunction, confront willful ignorance, and cause celebration among the lovers of the Word of God. And Flashpoint host Gene Bailey says, this is not a stuffy manual on how to be an apostle or prophet. You will want to keep this book nearby the next time a question arises on the subject of apostles and prophets. Don't miss this exciting offer, the 15-part series Apostles and Prophets, and the insightful and penetrating book Apostles and Prophets. Call the number on your or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
1: Hey friends, this is Rick Renner. And today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you to reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust proverbs 10:21 says the lips of the righteous feed many and we know that's our job our job is to feed many and i want to say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving you helped us construct our studio purchase this building and now in phase three of our ministry expansion program we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible, And by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Today, we have seen that if a person is a bona fide apostle, there are proofs to prove his apostleship. Number one, he's had a vision of Jesus and of the church. Number two, he has the fruit of churches, plural that he has started. And number three, he has divine patience or endurance to stay put even when hell launches an assault against him. He's just tougher than the opposition. And my friends, that really is divine. But these are just three of six. So tomorrow we're going to continue. But I want you to order the series, which is called Apostles and Prophets. It's a 15 part series. The subtitle says their roles in the past present and the last day's church. And of course, it comes with a study guide. It's a full package. You'll be so glad you ordered this. And we're offering you my book by the same name, Apostles and Prophets. It is quite a substantial book. It's a book that you may not read all at once, but I guarantee you will refer to it again and again and again. And you can order all these things by going online or by giving us a call right now. And when you reach out to us, please let us know how to pray for you. We would love to pray with you. And I want to pray with you right now. Father, we thank you that you've given us the Bible to help us not be confused about important subjects. And Father, we pray that as we study what the Bible says about our prophets and apostles, that you will bring clarity to us on this important subject. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember Ecclesiastes 8:4, where the word of a king is, there really is power. Hey, friends, we're coming to an area near you, and we want to invite you to come to one of our meetings. Sunday, February 5th, we're going to Church for All Nations in Colorado Springs, and we will be with Pastors Mark and Linda Coward. Then on Sunday, February 12th, we're going to be at Legacy Church with Pastor Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. Then on Thursday, February 16th, Denise is having a women's meeting at the Stony Creek Hotel in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. On Saturday and Sunday, February 18th and 19th, we're going to be at the Living Word Christian Center with Pastor Mack Hammond in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. And on Sunday, February 26th, we're going to be at Faith Family Church with Pastors Michael and Vicki Bang in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But please go to our website to affirm all these times and all these dates.
0: And we look forward to seeing you there.